welcome to Thoughts Off the Stem. <laughs> I'm Justin Baroni, and today we're smoking in the bong some more spinach wedding cake at 31%. And in the joint, with our glass tips, booyah baby, uh, we're smoking some uh, platinum cookies, which is a sativa at 23.8% THC. <coughs> now... You have to excuse me a little bit. I've been feeling a little under the weather lately with a little sinus thing going on. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it's been, but it's been kind of a pain in the ass. Um, so, yeah. So, I hope you had a good week. Thanks for joining me, Justin Baroni. At three, at, uh, well, this one's on Saturday because uh, yesterday it was a clusterfuck of a situation. It was just crap. So, I'm just glad I got a chance to do this one and finally get it out. Hopefully, we'll see how it goes by the end of it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I tried to record this once and um basically everything that you could think happened uh did happen and so I'm having to re-record it. So that's why it's coming out a day late and my apologies for anybody if anybody is actually, you know, waiting for these and and you know, hoping. So um yeah, my my apologies. I've been sort of under the weather and like I said, sinus, whatever's going on. Luckily, it is not the COVID. <laughs> so that's good. Um, but yeah, I've kind of felt like shit. But on the upside to that, well, which is also, if you're watching this, which is also why I'm on my Big Lebowski in my uh, house coat this week. Um, one, because it's fucking cold in the garage. And two, <laughs> it's because I wanted to feel like I was getting a nice warm hug because I felt like shit for the last couple weeks. So anyway, moving on from there. Um, I thought I would tell you a little story before we get into like the weed facts and the do for real segment. Um, I thought I would tell you a little story about a class trip that I used to, that we had to take when I was in grade, I think I was grade 10 and, um, the school that I went to for high school, we had to do this, what they called was like Northern campus, I think. So it was like an outward bound sort of thing where they shipped off half of our class at, for a week to Tomogamy, which is in Northern Ontario. Now, what you have to do is, the point of this was you would go in the winter. It was beautiful out there, by the way, which is also why I'm telling this story, because it's so close to Christmas, and when, and at Christmas, I like, you know, I like a lot of snow. I like, I like that blanketed look, you know, pine trees or whatever kind, whatever the Christmas tree look at things out there in the in the wild, covered in snow. You're in it. It sucks at the time because it's freezing. Your nose is running and it's sticking to your face, making you a nice little ice shield. <laughs> um, but I love the look and I love the memory of that and uh, I like the idea of that. So um, I figured I would tell you this this story. So what we would what we had to do in grade ten, we were the kids that had to go. Then in Grade 11 and grade 12, those guys that were involved in this class um, became leaders because in grade 10, you had to do it. It was like a prerequisite. Whereas after grade 10, you had the choice to continue to do this. And then if you chose to do it, then you became the leaders for the grade 10 class. Okay. Does that make sense? If not, I apologize, but hopefully that makes sense. So what we did what the school did was they would split up half your class and send one half for a week they'd come back then the next the other half would go for a week you go up to tomogamy which is like a two or three hour bus ride i think from uh from the school to up north 
and once you got off the bus, you had to snowshoe and trek your way across a lake <laughs> to an island where there was a series of cabins, like a camp. You'd spend the first night in those cabins, being all nice and warm and happy, <laughs> okay? And when I say this is a trek, it was like literally something out of one of those, like a, you know, stuck in the wilderness movies. Like, your trek was like hours. It, it, I mean, it felt like hours. I remember it being hours. It was a long ass walk. It wasn't no like 15 minutes across this lake and you're there. No, you were, you were walking as a huge group of people for like, fuck, I, I want to say like an hour and a bit at least. Uh, could have been a little longer, maybe a little less, but it was a long fucking time. And then you add the fact that the snow is up to your fucking knees. You've never walked through this really before, potentially. And you're carrying all of your uh, like clothes and gear for the week on your back. As well as maybe pulling some sleds with extra stuff because, you know, everybody had their thing and then they had to bring in supplies and stuff too. So then you get to the camp, you're exhausted, you stink, you smell like shit. <laughs> okay. And then you get your briefing, essentially, on what you have to do, what you're going to be doing in the week. So this is what the goal of Tomogamy and Northern Campus was for my school, at least as I understood it. They were taking you up north to teach you what it would be like to survive in the wilderness for a couple nights. Now, obviously, you're not on your own, but these things can... Um, help you learn how to do that if you get stuck in this situation. The one thing that I did learn about myself was that if I was stuck in this situation, I could probably survive a couple days and then I'm fucking dead. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I'm not I'm not getting I'm not getting too far into this. I'm not mountain man, I'm not the fucking revenant. It's like I'm fucked. That's what I've decided. I mean, I would try my best not to be fucked, but you realize when you're in these scenarios where you're trekking out, you, you know, even though there's a group of kids with you, I think it was like 10 or 12 per group. And then you have two senior, two junior and senior leaders from grade 11, grade 12. And then you normally have one male teacher and one female teacher. And these people are supposed to know what they're doing. And they do. But you still realize that in the vastness of the wilderness, you're fucking stuck, man. If you make the wrong move, you're fucking dead. <laughs> okay? Like... Nah, no chance. So that's what it was. Okay, so we stayed two nights in the cabins and then we went and stayed two nights out. Uh, like in, we found a camp spot and set up camp for two nights. So the first day that we're there, full day that we're there. So we trek in, we go to sleep, we wake up. The next day we go uh, on a day trek where you had to go around the lake into different areas and then come back, right? So on that trek alone, because now at this point, when you first walk in, I might have said you had snowshoes, but you didn't walk in. You just had your boots and whatever you had on you. Once you get to the camp, everybody gets a set of snowshoes. You had to walk these snowshoes. Nope, that's a lie. We had snowshoes from the beginning. I think you had to have them right away. Fuck, I can't remember. We may or may not have had snowshoes on that first trek in. Dude, I'm hot. I hope you're hot. <laughs> hope you're having a good weekend at this point because it's not the start, damn it. I'm kind of upset at myself for missing that. But anyway, I digress. So, so we, uh, we go on our day trip, okay? And our day trip, like I said, is, you know, in one direction. And you have to go use a map, use a compass, follow your way back, and hope that your leaders know what the fuck they're doing. 
So our leaders were fine. They were good. We got a good trek in, up a bunch of hills, down a bunch of hills. You got to see a lot of awesome scenery, blanketed snow everywhere. It's fucking beautiful. But if, but the snow's like ridiculously deep. Like if you, okay, so if you didn't have snowshoes on and you went to step, you would easily go down as far as like your hips and then you're kind of fucked because like it's tough to get out. So that was the kind of thing. And then obviously it was always like, it was minus, I think it was like minus 15, minus 20 in the day. And then at night it was like minus 30, minus 40, that kind of thing. So then, uh, after our day trek goes all right and everybody comes back alive and everybody's happy that we did, that we did. Um, the next, that night is the preparation for the next couple days. So we get told where we're going to go to set up camp. Cause there's already like pre-existing spots. Um, that you have that everybody has to go to you can find another spot but you have to be relatively close to the area that you've been designated okay so again it's a it's a day to trek to this thing so by the you leave in the morning you have your you have your breakfast you make your gorp <laughs> which is basically your trail mix nuts raisins uh dried fruit things like that that you keep in your pocket to snack on as you're going yeah get your thermos ready with like you know hot chocolate or whatever so that you can warm yourself up as you go pack up all your shit and then you head out into the great white wilderness okay and uh like i said when you are trekking out into the wilderness with this many people there are people that are going to bitch and moan and pull you back and then slow you down and stuff like that and you try to keep on moving and going right and the teachers and the and the junior and senior students should be motivating the pack to keep going it's quite the thing. It's also kind of scary a little bit because like if you're not, if you don't like that environment, if you're not from like kind of familiar with it, it could get a little freaky because you're going into the middle of the wilderness with a bunch of people. Like it is, that scenario is like the beginning of every rescue movie ever. <laughs> okay. Oh, everything's got to be great guys. That's cool. And then boom. No, it's not. Fucking everyone's dead and you're broken with the leg. You're, you have a broken leg stuck in a pit covered in snow hoping a bear doesn't eat your face. Okay. That's... That is the type of thing that could potentially happen. But on our trip, it was almost as if as soon as we got to the camp, it turned into a fucking cartoon, man. Because <laughs> instead of having all those like freaky, scary, like somebody gets hurt and bad things happen and whatever, because other camps had that. Like the main leader, the main teacher for the whole thing, he stayed at camp and he would come out in the day on a snowmobile and because they had radios and they, he would radio each camp and then meet up with them to check on everybody and make sure everybody was okay. So if something bad happened, we did have ways to get people out and help and whatever, or they did have ways to get people help. But, and some of them, not that they got pulled out, um, but some of them had, you know, like injuries and things like that. We had no injuries. We had a series of fucking stupid shit that happened that you could only imagine would happen in like a cartoon <laughs> okay so like this is how our situation started off so we come into this clearing after coming down this like little bit of a hill mountain thing whatever and as we're coming down we see this sort of like horseshoe shaped inlet because we're on, we're on a lake right like we're going over like little island areas and then th across lakes and or across rivers and lakes and stuff and this one was like an inlet for a lake so on the inlet, because it will protect you better from the wind and all the, you know, elements, we see this little spot that's like perfect to set up camp because we could build, uh, we could build around the edge of it. We could build, uh, like a little snow wall to protect us from the wind coming in all kinds of cool stuff. Now we didn't have tents. So when we got to the site, 
you'd have to build a Quincy, which if you don't know what a Quincy is, it's basically an igloo in the ground. So you burrow your way into a spot and then you, you dig it all out. So it looks like a little half globe or it looks like a, yeah, a little half globe, like a snow globe on the ground. And then you can crawl into it and that's where you sleep because you have six or seven people in there, six people, I think six people in there and the body heat and the way that it's designed creates the heat, keeps the heat in so you can sleep without dying basically. Okay. So we're coming down this little hill, getting up to our little inlet. All right. <laughs> and as we're getting to the inlet, the teacher goes, look, this is the edge of the river. It meets the edge of the island or the land. So the ice is potentially thinner. So don't walk here, here, and here. Walk around this way until we get to the middle where it's clearly land. <laughs> okay. So me and my buddy, Billy, we're walking along the right side of the entrance to this U. <laughs> and we're we're sitting there talking, eating our gourd, blah, 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 whatever. Like, oh man, this is fucking crazy. I want to get warm. We need to build a fire. Like, how are we going to build a Quincy? This is going to be nuts. And as we're talking, I realize that Billy has stopped answering me. Okay, fuck the Billy go. I look, he's gone. Like I figure, I'm freaking out because I'm like, I don't know what the fuck just happened to this dude. So I'm looking, I'm looking in the tree line, I'm looking wherever, and then I look down, and there's Billy's hand <laughs> sticking out of the snow. He fell in an empty spot in the snow that was at least five and a half feet tall because five Billy was five, four, five, five. And that thing covered him right to the top of his hand as it was sticking out of the ground. Dude, <laughs> before I could call for help, I started laughing so hard. He had just like a cartoon. He had boop -a -doop -a -doo, was walking and then <laughs> Billy's gone. But there's his hand, just a hand sticking out. <laughs> That's fucking funny. So eventually we dig him out. He's covered in shit. His gourd bag's now full of snow. His face covered in snow. He's like, he's pissed off. But it, like me, we're laughing because it was just too funny. Now, the danger of that could have been that that hole like went way farther down into the water and the ice and bye-bye Billy. Luckily that didn't happen. But again, that's why I'm saying like it was a cartoon. It was a calamity of cartoon shit that happened as soon as we got in this place. So the next thing we do, we start building our Quincy. So the guys are building a Quincy on the one side of the little, it, uh, the one side of our campsite. The girls are building a Quincy on the other side and our leader, our junior and senior leader are building a fire pit right in between the two so that, you know, we can all meet in what, it, that's where it is. <laughs> okay. So everybody's working, working, doing everything and uh, doing what they can to build these things. Then as we all sort of take a bit of a pee break or a stop to eat some stuff or get a drink. And like, I mean, everybody took a little bit of a break. Well, there was one girl still inside the Quincy trying to pack in the inside. So she didn't hear that there was a break and she, we could all just, you know, eat, do, have a break. Right. So fuck, I'm getting high, man. Wow. Being sick and, and smoking weed is a tough one sometimes, man. <laughs> it's, I'm high as shit. Can't even like that joint yet. Anyway, so this girl's in the Quincy. We're all sitting around. The other two leaders are still trying to build the fire. So we go, I remember, who was it? Me and two other guys. I think Billy and another guy. We went into the woods to try and find little, like, 
you know, peace bots. <laughs> so we went, found our peace bots, and then we started wrestling in the woods and like, you know, pushing each other into snow banks and shit like that. And then all of a sudden, as we get back to the edge of the clearing, you just hear somebody go, oh no! <laughs> they had turned around and the girl's Quincy had fucking caved in on itself because I guess the girl on the inside was packing it too hard and it eventually collapsed on her. So, you know, it sounds like it would be very bad and dangerous and whatever, but like, it's not that deep. It's very easy to get people out of these things as long as there's like a group of people, right? So we pull her out. She's laughing. Everybody's laughing because like she had patted it and I guess her hand went through it and then the thing collapsed. So that's event number two. And that's only on the first day, like within the first like couple hours. So I'm talking to my buddies and we're like, dude, if this is how this is going to start, like something bad's going to happen by the end of the trip, like real bad, like somebody's going to get hurt, something's going to get broken, whatever. So we're starting to get a little freaked out because, you know, that's what fucking teenagers do. <laughs> so we're talking, we decide that uh, we're going to go off for a walk in the woods again and you know, they let us go. So we're, again, doing our shit, having a snowball fight, pushing each other around, blah, blah, blah. We come back like 45 minutes to an hour later. Everybody's having dinner. We start having dinner. We go to get in our Quincy, uh, go get in the Quincy, go to get ready to go to bed that night. And fucking Billy takes his boots off and his feet are fucking blue. Okay. So the teacher that's with us is like, oh shit, we got to fucking, we got to do this fast. We got to do this now. We got to save your feet. <laughs> he gets all, woo. These feet are blue, so they're going to fall off. He's got hypothermia or frostbite or whatever. So they spend the next, like, I don't know, few hours huddled up together, you know, Billy's naked feet in our teacher's armpits in a sleeping bag in the Quincy with the rest of us huddled around to sort of heat him up so that his feet don't have to get cut off, okay? So, so... They stay like that all night eventually because they can't, the blue, it doesn't seem to be going away. So the next morning they wake up, <laughs> okay? They figure out that the fucking blue was the dye from Billy's boots had fucking dyed his feet blue and they slept together all night. How much shit did Billy take? Billy took a lot of shit <laughs> for having to sleep with our fucking geography teacher. <laughs> But it's what you're supposed to do. You got to put the feet in the warmest parts of your body to save the feet, you know? But yeah, so that was fucking... So that was that was day... The full day one of being outside. So I guess we're into day, what? One, two, three now. We're into day three. So we've got one more day and night out there. <laughs> and so everything's going great, all right? And then uh, day... Our second day out, fully out on our own we have to go for a day hike and we got to find certain points and go to certain areas and come back so that like for navigation and shit like that. Now we all always stayed as a group. If anybody didn't feel well or had something happen, like they stayed at the camp and everything, you know, somebody, a junior leader would stay with them. But in this case, it was the first day. So we went for a walk and the first thing we come up to that we obstacle that we have to go around is this giant snow covered hill and everybody goes, Oh, I'm going up the hill. The leaders all say like, yeah, we're going to go up this way. Well, Justin, who wants to be a jackass, <laughs> decides I'm not climbing no fucking hill. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going around. I'm going to walk the hill. If we're looking straight ahead, the hill is just slightly off to our right. Okay. And it's in slight, a slight U form, but you try to stay on land as much as you can. Well, we can't, I looked up and I didn't want to try and climb up it. So I said, oh, I'll just shoot across. 
and follow it along the edge and meet you guys at the other side. Well, halfway across, I hear one of the leaders from the top go, um, I think this is a beaver dam. <laughs> Fuck. Because that means I'm walking on water. And if you remember what the teacher said at the beginning, I'm walking along the edge where it meets the land, the beaver dam. Well, that ice is supposed to be way thinner, right? Mm-hmm. Justin's 245 pounds, plus whatever gear he's fucking carrying, okay? So I'm walking the edge of this fucking thing. And I'm thinking I'm halfway across. I can't go back. I can't climb up here because it's too steep in the middle. I have to keep going. But it should be fine. I've been fine. The next fucking step I take, boom, my right leg goes right in. The only reason I didn't go all the way in was because I grabbed the side of the beaver dam and held on to it because there was a twig sticking out. Okay, and my other foot, left foot, was up on the ice, and I was able to pull and push myself out. I pull my leg out. My leg is fucking brown, dude. Brown. So I'm thinking nothing of it. I think, oh, it's just some dirty fucking water. No. I stepped in the beaver's fucking toilet. Because <laughs> about five, six minutes after walking this shit off, all I could smell was shit. <coughs> Dude. Oh, that one got to me. So because I got soaked all the way up to my leg, I ended up having to go back to camp because they were like, you have to go back and sit by the fire, heat your shit up. You can't, you can't be walking out. It's too cold. So me and another, uh, one of the junior leaders go back to camp. We, you know, we take our stuff off, whatever, hit, start heating up and then change clothes and everything was fine. The only problem was everything smelled like shit for the rest of the trip now because it was like caked on shit. I tried washing it off in the snow, but it doesn't work that well. And then once it's dry, it just kind of like sticks and cakes to it. But yeah, so I stepped in some fucking beaver shit. So we're there for the rest of the day. And then eventually the whole crew comes back. Now one one guy comes back and he's not wearing a jacket and he's not wearing he's only down to like a t-shirt, okay? It's not that warm. Even with the sun beating down on you, it's not that warm. It's still like minus 10. And I get that you're walking and like you're building up a lot, but like as soon as you strip off because you've been sweating too much and saturated your stuff in like freezing weather, you're you're getting to the point like you're going to you can potentially get hypothermia faster or you're already suffering the effects of hypothermia. So he comes trucking around the corner and there's a teacher behind him trucking right after him because the teacher had realized that, oh, shit, he's stripped off his stuff and he's freaking out, I think. And he was like he was a bigger guy, the kid. And so I could see like he was over, he was working a lot where they were out all day walking around. It's not easy walking in the snow. So I assume that, you know, he was probably feeling overheated and stuff, but you have to stay covered up. It's the better way to go. So the teacher's chasing him. Now the kid didn't like throw his stuff away. He had it all attached to him still, like just tied around him and stuff. So the teacher finally catches up to him. Buddy's talking about how he feels and he feels great and all this stuff. Well, we get to the, they get to the fire because we had a fire going. And he sits down within like a minute of sitting down. He's freezing. He's gone blue. Like he's starting to like chatter. He can't really, he's not really following what anybody's saying. So we had to wrap him in blankets and stuff. <coughs> he came back pretty quick. <coughs> he was fine. But yeah, he thought he was overworking it. But you know, I think he was uh, potentially at the point where he was like right about at the point where, you know, hypothermia was going to set in and he was, and it was going to be, uh, 
it was gonna be a tough ride for him. But we caught it right before it. The teacher, that teacher was smart, man. He grabbed him right away. So yay to saving that one because all we did was wrap him in a couple blankets and sleeping bags and put him by the fire. And again, that teacher had to sit with him, shirts off, huddled together to transfer the warmth because that's what you do. And uh, so he got some shit for that. That was pretty funny. <laughs> but see what I'm saying? Like, it's it was so much fun when I look back on it. In the moment, those certain things were fucking hilarious that happened. They were they were a good time and like provided a pretty good story when we got back to fucking school for other people to hear and stuff and telling them about our time up there. But uh, in the moment, the overall like trekking and shit is is tough on you, man. You get like tired, you get complainy, you get drained, you get whiny like a little baby. And stuff like that, but then when you look on, back on it when you're older, it's funny to me because as you look back on it when you're older, you're like, oh man, I want to do that shit again. <laughs> and then you remember, oh wait, maybe I don't. <laughs> but yeah, I thought uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, and then okay, so the last the last part of this story. So one of the guys, one of the junior members, who we kind of were like, you know, as kids, we we're like, this guy's a bit of a joke, like, mm, you know, he tried to help. He was. What was he trying to do? We, it was later on in the evening. Buddy had just had got covered in all his blankets. He was still trying to get, like, you know, warmer. And then we were all making dinner. And uh, this junior leader that we all sort of thought was, like, a goof. And was, like, always leading us places and then realizing we had to go the other way. Like, that kind of guy, you know. He's a nice guy, but, like, just kind of goofy, you know. So, uh, anyway... He's sitting there trying, oh, he was trying to make dinner and hot chocolate for the kid that had the blankets on him because he had almost like, you know, froze out. So he's making stuff. He's sitting at the edge of the fire. There's a bunch of us sitting at the edge of the fire. And me and my buddy look at, and we see that his boot is like hanging, dangling into the fire a little bit. So you, the way it's built is the fire pit like slopes down and in so it's protected. And you sit along the edge of it and you know you can hang your feet in a little bit so that it, does, it doesn't get catch on fire but like to warm up your legs and things like that keep your toes warm and stuff and then you can put garments on the edge of the slope so that they can warm up and and uh and like you know thaw out or thaw out yeah well thaw out basically warm up thaw out and then dry off a little bit right so that's what we would do well when you cook you generally put your feet on the edge, leaned in a bit for support and held whatever you were cooking over the fire or put it in, mixed it, whatever you were doing. Well, this dum-dum, <laughs> he's sitting on the side and his foot slips in and we're all wearing like those big, you know, bushy duck rubber boots, but that go up to like your knees, you know? So everybody, this guy puts his foot in there, okay? We're watching, we're like, that's getting closer to the fire. Inches a little closer to the fire. A little closer. So finally, it's in the fire. And we're like, dude, does he not notice that his foot's in the fire? Like, it's got to be warm. <laughs> you know? And, like, he's sitting there for till fire. And then it did. It caught fire. He was like, oh, shit! <laughs> we're just looking. We're like, this fucker's leading us. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> and it was fine. He just picked up his foot and put it out in the snow. But, like... That's what I'm saying. It was like a calamity of cartoon bullshit that happened. And it was, a, it was a really good time. And it makes me feel good around Christmas to think about it. And it snowed a lot the other day. <laughs> so it made me think about it. I figured, hey, I tell you these stories. I hope it's good. I don't know if you like it. But I hope you get a little kick out of it. But I miss shit like that. As I get older, I miss the... Uh, 
amidst the little trips that you think are bullshit at the time, but then, you know, on reflection, you're like, man, that was a really good time. I really do. <laughs> oh, it's the Ganja Gong. It's time for some weed facts. And these weed facts are from Thrillist.com. Culture slash weed facts about marijuana and pot. So there, these ones are, uh, these are myths, like debunked myths, essentially. So this first, this first weed fact that you can find on top420.com in the weed facts section on the menu is called this one, weed fact number one. <laughs> weed stays in your system for 30 days. That's not totally true. Like it's not, so okay. This is what they have to say, and then I'll tell you like what I know, and probably what you know, but I'm just going to tell you again anyway. Um, so a one-time user could be should be clear in a matter of days. Uh, a weekly smoker, a couple weeks. And for a daily smoker, it could be up to a month or more, depending on the level of fat in, in your body, as well as individual factors like metabolism. And so this is the thing. This is what they say. THC is stored in fat, so exercising can actually help though just sweating can't. So skip the sauna and focus on burning fat. And that's true. Like uh, I noticed when I was bigger, if I had, uh, so I had to take drug tests for the last company I worked for. And the first time I got a drug test, I failed it. <laughs> I admitted it, I was like, yeah, I smoke weed. Not at work, but like I smoke weed, you know, on my own time. And so I, and so I took it, I, or sorry, so I didn't pass it. So they let me do a retest. So I, so I smoke every, I smoked every day at that point and I took two weeks off and the retest I passed. So yeah. And I had lost some weight. I started working out cause I heard that. Yes. If you burn fat, then it'll come out of your system a lot faster. And, uh, and yeah, it did. So I can attest to that, but I can also attest to the fact that if you're not doing anything like that, you're just smoking weed and like hanging around. Um, it, it can stay in your system up to 90 days or, you know, longer, but it, I think the, the general consensus is that at about 90 days, you should be clear no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> so weed fact number two, weed will make you or leave you sterile. I have a thing for this. <laughs> okay. Though it's true that smoking marijuana this is what they say. Though it's true that smoking marijuana frequently can leave you with abnormal sperm, no studies have shown that it lasts forever. And even the short-term effects aren't extreme enough to label a person as sterile. So no bongs. So no, bongs are not the new condoms. I had all of my kids. Well, no, I didn't have them. <laughs> I help produce all of my kids under the influence, heavily under the influence. And they're intelligent little smarter. They're, they're, they're smarter than me. They're going to be those little fuckers, but I'm a dummy. So whatever, you know, but yeah, they're, they're, uh, they were conceived while being high as balls. I could tell you that. So it definitely doesn't make you sterile. At least not me. Either that or I have fucking Superman sperm. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so yeah, I can agree with that. I've seen it firsthand. I have three little, holy shit, they made it through. <laughs> All right. Weed fact number three, marijuana kills brain cells. 
So I guess a lot of people used to think that marijuana like killed your brain cells. Well, after many decades of back and forth studies in the, re oh yeah, I should explain that this article is from 2018. So there's probably newer things, but I just thought these were cool and different than what I had found in the past. So I thought I'd tell you. So, okay. After many decades of back and forth studies, recent University of Louisville research has determined Again, recent 2018 <laughs> research has determined that marijuana use does not, in fact, kill off those precious brain cells that keep your noggin humming. Uh, and it was also corroborated, or it corroborated a 2003 report in the Journal of International Neuropsychological Psycho Society, uh, published by Cambridge University, and making the same claim. So, yeah, so. They found that, yeah, basically your brain cells are fine. I mean, you may be a little bit slower when you're high to recall them <laughs> or remember what you said, but, you know, I don't know. I don't. I haven't met anybody that smokes a lot of weed and can't remember anything at all. Like, generally, a lot, a lot of the pot smokers that I know are some of the better storytellers. Like, and stories, sub stories that you tell have to come from memory, right? <laughs> but again, that's the thing. If it comes from... The memory of something is funny because I tell you these stories as, as I remember them, right? But somebody else in that group, if you went and talked to them, could have a different recollection of how things played out. These, Or even like maybe they noticed things that I didn't notice. Maybe something else happened that like, you know, I didn't notice or whatever. But I always find it funny because a lot of people, as they get, at least a lot of people that I've talked to and stuff, as they get older... Their recollection of events is pretty accurate, but sometimes there's like a thing off, like a color of a shirt or whatever, you know, mountain that you climbed, something like that. But you, the basics are still there. What am I trying to say? Fuck, I just got really high. Um, I just like the fact that some, that even a negative circumstance or, or a, I don't want to say negative, but something that's not as positive or fun as you wanted it to be is less as you remember it sometimes it becomes more fun fun in the memory you know what i mean and it makes you want to do it again it gives you that nostalgia that little bit of pull you back to the day that's what i think i like about fucking christmas man because it's the nostalgia of it like it's the total it's supposed to be a completely joyous giving time i don't know i just like that there's something like heartwarming about it it it's a uh, yeah it's the coming together feeling Fuck the, I mean, the kids and stuff love the presents, but like, fuck the presents. I just like the fact that that vibe, that, that feeling of family and unity is what Christmas really brings upon you. And wow, I'm talking really weird. <laughs> it brings upon you that it brings upon you. It brings that up. It makes you feel like, you know, everything's awesome where you don't always, you don't always feel like that in the moment is what I'm saying. And then on reflection, you, you know, you realize that maybe you, maybe you missed it or maybe you just, maybe you just didn't see the full value of it because you weren't there mentally. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I think. All right. That's very rambly. Let's get into some Duke for real. I got a couple facts. Supposed facts. Again, you have to look into these for yourself. <laughs> I'm just bringing them up, okay? So this dude for real is from 
bleacherbreaker.com slash trending slash do you believe facts that are not true? Well, yeah, apparently some of us do. <laughs> so do you believe facts that are not true? <laughs> These facts you can find on toss420.com in the main menu under do for real. So, dude, for real, P-activated pool dyes don't exist. Well, kind of. There are some dyes that can react to urine. And there are dyes that can react to a lot of other things. There are simply too many pulse fos... Pul <laughs> false positives. <laughs> there, let me try that again. There are simply too many false positives that can create embarrassing situations to do uh, to do two other chemicals reacting due to oh other chemicals reacting with those dyes. So if somebody's peeing in the pool, you're not gonna know. And the next time you go down and try and scoop that ring off the bottom, you may, may be taking in a big scoop of pee. <laughs> so, you know, maybe don't pee in the pool and also don't open your mouth under the water. Yeah. The shower after big time. <laughs> Do for real fact number two. Cow tipping doesn't make sense. Like it does. They're saying basically like, I don't, it doesn't happen. So, this is what they're saying. Let's say you were tipping over a normal size cow. A 2005 scientific study found that you would need to exert 650 pounds of force. You would have to accomplish that goal without altering the cow and you'd need to accomplish the goal very fast and with just the right directional force. If you don't believe it, go find a 1400, go, go find a cow. You can't do it. Now, the other thing they say is people, whenever they say they were cow tipping, don't think about these things. One, cows will run away from you. <laughs> okay. They'll move and you can't necessarily get to them. I know they're slow moving. They don't necessarily woo see you, but like, do you really want to chase a cow? Cause then it knows you're there. And again, they make a good point in the beginning of this thing. But basically if you get that close to a cow, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to kick you in the fucking head. <laughs> People don't remember that part. Like, they're still, they're cows. They're not useless. <laughs> oh, do for real. Now you know that. <laughs> All right. Oh, here's a good one. And I'm sure people are not going to agree with this. So you can look it up. Like I said, on Tots420.com, main menu, menu, drop down menu, <laughs> under the do for real link. <laughs> okay. So this one, George Washington's feet, uh, George Holy shit, Justin. George Washington had fake teeth, but they were not made of wood. So what they do know is that Washington developed issues with his teeth in his early 20s, and he did have dentures. However, his teeth over the years were made from metals, animal teeth, and even from the teeth of slaves. Mount Vernon has the only known pair of Washington's fake teeth. And they were definitely not made from wood. I looked at the picture on that article, and you should too, and they weren't. They're disgusting. <laughs> but 
but they weren't made of wood. And could you imagine having fucking wood teeth? Dude, that would, how would you, ugh, ugh, that'd be tough. Although, I'm not a big fan of any kind of tooth stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can keep that shit out of my mouth. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Oh. But yeah, those are your dude for real facts for the week. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I hope you enjoyed the sesh. I hope you got a good smoke on. I hope I told you a good story. I hope it was entertaining enough for your for your enjoyment. Uh, and I want to thank you guys for coming back and joining me, Justin Baroni. Every Friday, I'll get back to Friday. <laughs> next week, it'll be out on Friday. So join me, Justin Baroni, next Friday at 4.20 p.m. on Thoughts Off the Stem on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, Amazon Music, Good Pods, YouTube. And it's on video on Spotify now, too. So check that out. Um, yeah, wherever you get a podcast, check it out. And don't forget to check out Tots420.com. Um, for all the latest episodes, check out our affiliates at I Sell Glass. Um, there's a link in the menu for affiliates. I Sell Glass. <laughs> if you, uh, yeah, if you check them out, uh, you'll probably find something you like. And it's almost Christmas time. I'm sure they have some really good deals. Oh, and I have a code. I have a code for it too. So there you go. It's uh, if you use the checkout code TOTS420, TOTS420, um, all uppercase. And the numbers are 420, or 420 on numbers. So TOTS 420. Um, at checkout, then you'll get, I think it's 20% off. 10 or 20% off. Um, yeah. I hope you had a good week. I hope you have a good weekend. I hope you enjoyed the sesh. Uh, oh, and when you're on the site, don't forget to check out the Tots 420 shop and get your hats, your jackets, or jackets, your, your hoodies, and your t-shirts. Uh, I like saying, uh, right now. Uh, <laughs> all right. It's time to go. Have a good one. And until next time, keep your lids low, baby.